You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 372 of Podcateers. This week we host our own Disneyland-style fireworks shows. Well, I mean, kinda. They were technically an Animal Crossing, but they were Disney-inspired, and it sparked a conversation of what we'd like to see the fireworks show in the parks evolve into. D23 and Amazon release an exclusive replica of a pretty historic item. We talk about the recent troubles between Scarlett Johansson and Disney. We watch the Jungle Cruise and give our thoughts on the film. Plus, we discuss Disney's announcement regarding the annual passport replacement. We'd love for you to join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd like to invite you to join our growing community over on Discord. You can find an invite in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 372. Teamboat Willie is our official charity team, and the next event we'll be participating in will be Walk for Hope as we raise money to support the fight against women's cancers. Our team donation page is up if you'd like to join the team to help us fundraise or if you'd like to make a donation. More info on both of these options is available in the blog post for this episode or at teamboatwilly.com. The link is super easy to remember because it's just like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. And of course, before we kick this off, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our monthly happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. Well, it's podcast time. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we hope that you come back for more. And for those of you that have been hanging with us weekly, we appreciate you and the time you spend with us. So here we go. This is episode 372 of Podcateers. You can never tell with like internet delay and everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're all caught up on a clap and it's like we're talking to each other through space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the clap. If we did though, we can celebrate with how we were celebrating earlier and just hello nurse. Hello nurse. Ooh. Is that <laughs> Sorry She's if I, my voice sounds a little hoarse. I've been uh I have a little scratch in my throat. Well, at least your voice doesn't sound a little donkey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway. How's everybody doing aside from Andrew's scratchy voice? Good, good. Scratchy sweaty. I I, I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right there with you, man. Right there with you. If you saw the title card for the episode, you know that we're going to be talking about the Jungle Cruise Disney released information on the Magic Key program. What is it? 
What is Magic Key? We'll find out later in the episode, obviously. We're going to talk about Scarlett Johansson. We're going to talk about Luke Skywalker and how he's hooking people up with jobs. We're going to talk about some cool stuff we saw on the internet. But first, uh, Mel. Yeah. Last year, you I remember you were telling me that after I got Animal Crossing, that last mm-hmm. year you had seen this event thing that they had where they had fireworks. Yeah. And... I had no clue what you were talking about. Of course, I could have gone on YouTube and watched somebody's video because it would have given me complete context, but I decided not to. (laughs) Why? Because I'm lazy sometimes. Eh, we all. We all are. (laughs) And so, you know, uh, we get this announcement uh, Mm -hmm. that Animal Crossing is bringing fireworks back this year. And I'm thinking, this is great. I get to experience them. And I had no idea. I remember you told me that you can create your own and that there was, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be great. Sunday rolls around and, you know, the kids and the wife and I are all playing Animal Crossing together, running around the island and talking to the villagers. And, you know, we finally figure out how to set these fireworks up. Then I start seeing posts on the Discord server that you kicked <laughs> off with, like, I want to see Hattie as a firework uh, yeah. at Disneyland. <laughs> and I thought, yes, because that was my first thought, right? Like, how do we integrate these characters and these things that we like to see into this fireworks show? And ironically enough, we picked the exact same custom design to create the Hatbox <laughs> Ghost. And so we had these Hatbox Ghost, like, fireworks. Uh, if you uh, are part of our Discord family, you would have seen some of the animated just that I posted on there of some of the fireworks that I had going on on my island. Uh, I also posted them on my personal Instagram account. Uh, I didn't post that on the Podcateers one, did I? Just on my personal? Yeah, just on my personal. Yeah, just your personal. Um, So if you're following me on Instagram, you would have seen my fireworks show there. But it was nice because I had... The Hatbox Ghost, I had an arc reactor, I had the Iron Man helmet head, the Avengers logo. To spice it up, I threw in 8-bit Super Mario. Well, just Mario. He wasn't super yet, but I mean, you know, (laughs) I like Mario, so I threw that in. What did you use for your fireworks smell? I know you used the Hatbox Ghost, obviously, but what other designs did you throw in there? Um, I have a Mara face which oh, I, nice. had to, I had to see this be done. And um, what else did I have? Mickey balloons. Oh. Um, and we actually threw in some Star Trek for Jerry. So, you know, we got to compromise. I was like, you could have five slots. I will have five slots. Perfect. Choose whatever you want and just throw them up together. So um, it's a mix, but... Dude, when you see them come up and they just work, uh, I'm like, Disney, just, this could be a drone show. Like, yes. how awesome. I, I, yes, I want to see, it started with Hattie, but I want to see Mara's face. And I want to see, like, the, the eyes just glow red. And then I just want to see more. I'm like, you know what, just redo Remember Dreams Come True. And there you go. Easy and it's so Disney. funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> while I was watching my show, that's the music I was listening to in the background. <laughs> Seriously, it would be a great show to do because it's just all the attractions and it would be, it would look great. Yeah, it would look great. 
And these drone shows seem to be popping up a lot more, right? The technology mm-hmm. is becoming a lot more readily available. And so companies are hiring these, you know, these drone artists to create these huge shows. Uh, we even saw it during the uh, inauguration this last yeah. year when they did uh, an entire drone show when President Biden was inaugurated. Disneyland already has done certain things to help out the pollution that the fireworks were causing, right? The mm-hmm. trail that they left behind when they were set off was obviously creating all sorts of smoke in Anaheim. It was creating some serious breathing issues for people. People were getting rashes and all sorts of stuff because they were getting irritated from the smoke. Uh, then they went to the air-compressed cannons, which essentially lost the smoke trails, and it helped them control when certain things went off, when they started embedding the chips inside of each of of the uh, shells so that they could detonate them the way that they wanted. So, I mean, Disney's already kind of made leaps and bounds as far as controlling these fireworks and getting kind of what they want out of them. But it's nothing like these drone shows, like the precision that you can create these things. I mean, even Marvel got in the action and they were promoting like different things i think it was for endgame where the like a giant avengers logo and everything was projected on the sky it was amazing nice right like the different (laughs) avengers and stuff i'm gonna try Mm -hmm. to find the blog post where we talked about it and uh if i can find the video i'll put it uh in the blog post for this episode podcasters.com slash 372 but you're right if we went to a drone show where they could just program them to make really anything that they wanted mm-hmm. oh man that would right be, i mean and it's it's less likely depending on the types of drones that they use uh i know that there are some that can withstand wind a little bit more than others mm-hmm. so if it was i mean any time that there's a little bit of wind they're very cautious with the fireworks shows and usually right. they end up canceling them depending on how strong the winds are they might still be able to do them with the drones, and that would be fantastic. So carbon footprint-wise, a plus, right? Uh-huh. What it looks like, plus, plus. Disneyland <laughs> yeah. plus. Fireworks plus. Drones plus. Plus, plus, everything plus. <laughs> everything plus. <laughs> I've got to see um, near where um, I live and where, uh, right where I used to, near where I used to work, um, uh, there's the Intel campus. And they would do their drone show, testing drone shows from there. And so we would get to see, I'd go out to the parking lot at work, and there'd just be like a Santa Claus or a football player or something nice. in the sky. <laughs> yeah. And so you could see them um, um, from there. So it was really cool to see up closer. You'd just see like a bunch of dots, like test patterns and different things like that. So it was really, it's kind of cool that it's, you know, uh, near where I am. They're even testing them out for, um, I believe... They might have been doing this is a while ago. They might have been doing the Super Bowl ones. Um, oh, awesome! Uh, up here, I think. Yeah, it was a football player, guys. So I'm assuming that was a Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> and Disney's been working with Intel for some time. Back in 2016, Intel was the company responsible for putting on the Starbright Holidays experience that they were doing at Walt Disney World in Disney Springs. So, I mean, if you had an opportunity to see that up close i'm low-key jealous dude <laughs> <laughs> it not was it key, was definitely not the variant yeah, 
but, <laughs> but yeah. anyway low key but yeah it was cool to see and it's um yeah i tried to get photos of it but it was so far away it's blurry and it didn't nothing came out so um but yeah it's you know, it's just like a nice little surprise coming out to the parking lot be like oh hey there's uh, some drones <laughs> very cool larry have you ever seen uh, a drone show or mel have have any of you either seen any of these shows even a video I haven't, but I was feeling. I mean, I've seen the videos. Those are super cool. I, yeah. You're saying the Biden inauguration when he was coming in, that was pretty awesome to see on video. But an event that's coming up that I really wanted to go to, but Andrew's a lot more closer now. The Oakland A's are doing a drone show this year. And nice. I think they're the first oh, MLB cool. team to offer a drone show after a game. It'll be versus the Yankees on August 27th. So, anybody up north. Ace tickets are cheap. I don't know about the Yankees versus the Yankees, but that's the place you go catch a drone show soon. Right on. That's cool. You know, if we did end up getting the drones, I think it would be nice because theoretically speaking, they could have a set of drones for DCA to have its own like light show in the sky. Yeah. Because when you're deep in Pixar Pier, you can't see what's going on above uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle. And, you know, when you're deep inside of Disneyland, you can't see what's happening like World of Color. You can't hear any of it because of just how far away it is. So theoretically, you could have a couple of different drone shows, one for Disneyland and one for Avengers Campus, maybe. I don't know. (coughs) Disney. Uh, You know, so if it pops up in a couple months, you're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) That would be cool. It's kind of like um, I was just listening to something and they were talking about uh, light magic the old very much hated parade and um i guess an original idea from that um was they were going to it was going to be called tinkerbell's night magic and they're Mm going to have tinkerbell fly down main street and tinkerbell was basically like a helicopter with a doll attached to it and i guess it looked really cool but then, like, the first preview, they or the first time they tried it, it, like, crashed and broke apart. Oh, so no. they just canceled the whole thing. And no. they said, nope, 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 this isn't going to happen. Um, and so then they went a whole separate way. So it's kind of like a um, uh, spiritual cousin, the light magic Tinkerbell and all these drone shows. Yeah. It's like a drone show before a drone show was even a concept. Right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, again, if you end up seeing it in the parks anytime soon, you're welcome, I guess. I I don't know what to say because more what than likely... What can you say except you're welcome? <laughs> I know I'll be happy. Definitely <laughs> I'll be happy because the possibilities are endless. Yep. Uh Oh, hey. So I... Uh, Andrew, I think this episode, you're going to be making me really jealous like most of the episode <laughs> because... Uh, Amazon and D23 teamed up to release let me let me read the entire name for this because you know I want to make sure I get these two or three words correct but here's the name of the product the Disney Treasures from the Vault limited edition engineer Mickey Mouse giant 36 inch plush Amazon exclusive that's the one yeah yeah that's the name <laughs> so in case you're wondering how to find it just search for all that and then you'll find all that Yeah, well, you can't find it anymore on Amazon, I'm pretty sure. You cannot. I tried earlier. Uh, So what this is, is if you remember the opening of Disneyland, when they were doing the special, when they did Dateline Disneyland during the park's dedication, Walt, when he was on the EP Ripley, 
uh, he had this engineer Mickey plush toy with him. And it was made exclusively for this special, for the opening of the park and the dedication. I I love this plush, right? It It's Mickey. It's related to trains. It's a, a nice size. It's pretty big. It's like three feet tall. And, I mean, I wanted this plush as soon as I saw the email from D23. And I was thinking, man, should I get this? But it was right on the tail end of should I get the tiki mugs or like what what am I going to buy? Like what you know, which one's more probable here? Uh, I ended up going with the tiki mug because I didn't know how much the Mickey was going to be. And obviously I didn't want the tiki mugs to go out. I really liked the design and I wanted to make sure that I got one. So uh, my cousin ended up going and he picked one up for me. So big thanks to my cousin John for picking that up for me. Nice. Uh, yeah. So the, the Mickey gets released and I had an alarm and everything set on my phone. I'm like, oh, oh I did too. <laughs> if this is happening, I'm going to go for it. And I didn't know what to expect price wise. Right. I knew it was the mm-hmm. edition. I knew it was a D23 release. And in my head, I was running scenarios like, well, how much How much am I willing to spend on this thing? Like, like 50 bucks? Yeah, yeah. It's like 60 bucks? Sure. Like 150 bucks? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> and so I let it go, waited for the alarm. Boom. Nine o'clock rolls around. I go on there, send the message to the team, make sure that they go on there. I saw that it was $100, and I thought to myself, should I get it? Should I not? And I didn't. I think a hundred bucks. But I did. Yes, and I have to say, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm glad that one of us got it. Uh, It'll be I'm sad that's not me. We, yeah, when we do our uh, <laughs> our next, whenever it comes in in the next after show, we'll have Mickey sitting right behind me. I'm sure he's going to be huge. I when they first announced it, I don't know if they announced how big it was in the no. any of the postings. So I was like, "Oh, maybe it's like, you know, if it's like a 16-inch thing, oh maybe it'd be 50 bucks. That'll be, you know, okay, that's kind of thing. 3 feet tall this thing. Mm-hmm. And it comes with a stand. Nice. Um I I it's going to take a week to get here, so it won't be here till next week. Um but yeah, I was talking with Tina, and I was I asked her. I said, "Hey, uh, you know, here's this Mickey that came out. What do you think about it? how much do you think it's, it costs?" She goes, "Oh, like two hundred bucks." And I go, "I was like, no, it's a a hundred. She's like, "Oh, you should get it." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> nice. we should get." It. Okay, so and then I got it, and that was it. Was still available like through the most of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where I'll, sometimes those treasure truck, those through Amazon treasure truck, um, sometimes those deals go like real quick. Um, but I think because since they've changed it to where they just, it's treasure truck, but they still just ship it to you, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having to go pick it up, uh, they may, they might have a more availability because it's not like, oh, this truck only has 20 or whatever, um, in your oh, area. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, they did shift to the, just ship it, buy it and ship it model, uh, probably around July or August of 2020 because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had done treasure truck before and I picked stuff up for, for my cousins and I've gotten a few things like pins and stuff that they have exclusive to treasure truck. Um, but when I saw it, like I thought to myself, like if this was 50 bucks, I would have instantly jumped on it. 
75 I would have thought about it and then been like, yep, still getting it. At 100 bucks, I had to think about it a little bit more because not only did I get the mugs, but I'm in the process of trying to buy some other stuff. And I saw the Mickey still available later on in the evening because, like you said, we've posted board games, like the It's a Small World board game and other stuff on the Discord server. And usually by the time we post it, when you know members on discord go check the treasure truck they're gone they're sold out already and that's within the first 20 30 minutes of it so i was surprised that it was still available i almost took it as a sign that it wanted me to buy it and i mm-hmm. thought how how can i convince my wife that this is an okay purchase honestly i will i will tell you if i had talked to her about it she would have been like just get it i you're going to regret it do I regret it now? Absolutely. So I will just enjoy yours from afar. Yeah, you can see it every time you watch the, you know, we video chat. Or if you want me to babysit him for a while, I'll be open to that as well. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll figure out a custody or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Before we continue, uh, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, or as we call them, our podcast fairy godparents, through their support via Patreon. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, just head on over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. There you'll find a little bit about what the FGP Squad is. Members of the FGP Squad will be listed on that page, a little bit of you know, what you get, which is, you know, exclusive content like the Podcateers After Show, uh, discounts on Podcateers gear, you get access to the monthly Zoom happy hour call that we do, and more. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to help you out with that. But again, podcateers.com slash FGP is where you want to go for a link to sign up. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, That's briefly touch on this lawsuit that apparently is happening between Scarlett Johansson and the Disney company. Any thoughts that you want to share on on what's happening right now? It seems like there's, uh, you can kind of see both sides of it, but also you can see that, in my opinion, I think Warner Brothers, I'll bring up Warner Brothers, um, they, when they, um, knew that they were going to start doing all this HBO Max stuff where they were rele- releasing stuff uh, in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. They went and uh, renegotiated with um, all of their, you know, stars who had these contracts where they saying, well, you get X amount of box office, da-da-da-da-da, and renegotiated with all of them. Disney didn't bother to do that for Black Widow, and I don't know if they've done it for anything else, Um post this um lawsuit coming to light um so that i think that would have been an easy enough thing to do um but you know everybody wants to keep their money and you know a lot of it is you know pandemic related and i think i mentioned this on the show before that when we talked about it must be on the after show when we talked about black widow this uh movie was it you know anticipated to come out um, in a different world than it did. So, yeah. you know, in her contract, she was expecting to make, you know, if this movie made close to a billion dollars, she could have made up to 50 million or something like that. Um, but we're not in that place anymore. So, um, you know, I think 
I think Disney did the right thing and by putting it on Disney Plus. But you know, in my opinion, I think they probably should have renegotiated with her um, before all this happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I I could see is like this just happening is probably just renegotiations. I mean, it's a it's a it's a hard situation because yeah, things we're not going to the movie theaters because of what's going on. It's it's out of it's kind of weird to see things when things are out of our control. The only thing at the end of the day is just I just hope you know things are settled to where she does get paid. You know, because I'm pretty sure you know you do your work, you get paid for your your art, and then everyone. Mo- goes on you know their merry way and so forth so for me it's just if you know for this is happening i'm sure there's a reason and hey when it's owed what's owed all that jazz you know it's just like i said it's just a hard situation because yeah things did happen maybe we don't know that's the thing we don't know if disney did say at the end like hey we'll take this and we'll put it towards you know her salary or something we just don't know that so that's pretty much where I am it's like I I totally get it and it's just a horrible crappy situation I just hope everything just works out in the end pretty much yeah for me uh I'm gonna go a little off the (laughs) different route um it's I see what your guys' points are with the pandemic and the movie we got released uh I just look at this being a money thing and I don't like it. That's really <laughs> where it's at, where I'm at. And that's because I look at it as like Scarlett Johansson, an amazing actor and the storyline and all of that. They deserve what they, you know, give and what they're doing acting. But I, I for $50 million and lawyers going after Disney and Disney's not being right. We know that they, you know, they, they have money at this point. We know as far as we can understand, there's, they're not meeting somewhere. That's for sure. We all know that. I just feel bad for the people let's are the people that do the CGI, the acting, the background, all of the things that make the movie amazing, do they get 50 million dollars in the end? If the, the if the movie does a billion dollars, do they get that? Do they get a bonus? Do they get anything? And it's like I'm not saying taking anything away from Scarlett Johansson here. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is one person doesn't make the movie. And what Disney's doing is not right. And what Scarlett Johansson, whatever she feels, that's what she's going to feel. And she's put out the lawsuit. It just feels too much money related to me at a bad time. If you're going to ask me for pandemic wise, like there was no other option really. Like let's say the movie was just released in the theaters. Like we've had this conversation. We don't, we know it would have forced people to go, but who knows if it would even hit those numbers to where she should have gotten that amount of, I just feel there's a lot more people that make a movie, and specifically Marvel movies. Like, there is a ton of people that are in that line to get to that point. So, for this point, I'm just, I'm just kind of this, like, you know, it's a money thing. It's really a money thing, and I'm like, I hope it doesn't ruin Marvel. Like, just jack up the negotiations because that's a sad thing. It becomes a money thing that ruins such a good story. But that's kind of how I feel about it right now, opinion wise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you all bring up really great points about it. I I, I feel like I'm on the same wavelength uh, with all of you because, you know, Mel, you said something that's really key that it's easy to talk about this stuff when you're not in the 
in the heart of it, right? Like it's not affecting mm-hmm. us directly. We're just kind of hearing about what's happening in the background. But you know, you, Larry, you made a really great point that it's it's about the money. It's what it is, and I I think what bothers me about it is that. I don't know if an attempt was done to do this quietly so that, you know, people wouldn't be talking about it and, you know, they could have settled on some amount the way that, like, Andrew, you were saying that Warner Brothers went out and I think they paid anywhere from 50 to 200 million to some of their actors because they knew they weren't going to have the same box office numbers. So whether or not Disney should have been proactive about that, you know, that's a story for another day. I think there's a lot of people that are going to say, yes, they should have. Warner Brothers did it. Universal did it to some extent, I believe. And so Disney should have done the same thing. But I think this is part of what happens when you have such a huge company that in a way is semi-fragmented, right? Like Marvel is doing their own stuff. Pixar is doing their own stuff. Disney's doing their own stuff. And even within the Disney itself, like without these other properties, Fox and all this other stuff, like Disneyland is run as, as its own business. Walt Disney World is run as its own business. Heck, here at the Disneyland Resort, California Adventure and Disneyland are run as two separate businesses. You know, downtown Disney's its own business. So, you know, when you have this many umbrellas that kind of roll up to one particular entity, there's going to be things that fall through the cracks and there's going to be things like this that are going to cause friction. As a company, Disney is responsible to their shareholders. And like you said, Andrew and, and you know, Larry, they're going to do what they have to do to make money and to keep their money. I'm not sure if it was her or her attorney or anything, but in the situation that we've been in to argue about this in public that I was reading that people were getting angry at her because like cast members were like, well, we lost our jobs because of the pandemic. Now what, you know? So I think depending on, on like where you are in the pandemic right now is how you're going to interpret what's going on. Ultimately. Yes, it is about money. Ultimately, what we say doesn't matter, you know, because we're not involved in it. Like, all we can do is comment how we see things and how we feel about it. But this is a Scarlett Johansson thing and a Disney thing. What it is going to do, you know, now that Emma Stone is kind of jumping into that bandwagon, now she's going to argue the same thing for Cruella. I think what this is going to do is it's going to bring up the conversation that we've been talking about for a really long time. And that's that companies need to renegotiate how actors are paid. Now that streaming has become such a big part of our lives. Some of these contracts that these companies are working with are from decades ago. And there's sometimes no way around it. Like this is why East of the Mississippi You know, you have certain Marvel characters and you can use the word Marvel and why on the West Coast we can't use the word Marvel, you know, because of these ancient contracts. And we should do a a after show about that because that would be fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, ultimately, you know, who's in the wrong here? You know, I think there's going to be people that argue for both sides. You know, I think there's going to be people that argue that Disney's wrong. And there's going to be people that argue that Scarlett Johansson is wrong for doing this. Because, again, who knows what the movie is going to make. 
Andrew made a really great point saying that, you know, when these films were being released in theaters, the MCU was on a streak of hitting a billion dollars for every single movie that came out. Every one of them was a hit. And yeah, this was supposed to be released almost a year ago, you know, over a year ago at this point, you know, but we live in a different world now. And who knows what the movie would have made if it was only released in theaters. Uh, I definitely want to keep tracking the story and, you know, keeping a a finger on the pulse of what's going to happen because how these contracts get renegotiated, I think is going to be the most important part that comes out of this, you know, because uh, actors are going to want to make sure that they're not only getting it for the feature film, but for any streaming rights that are going to come later on. I know that there's some of that negotiation now with like friends, for instance, friends made a big deal when they were on Netflix and then they were pulled and they were paying millions of dollars to keep them on Netflix before they went to Peacock because they were such a huge property. The Office was another one of those that was on Netflix. And now that everybody has their own streaming service, everyone wants their properties back, right? Everybody wants to make sure that they're in the streaming game. So I I feel like we're going to see a lot more of these and they're going to seem abrupt and they're going to seem unjustified at times. But I just think that it's a conversation that's been needing to happen for a really long time. And it just happens to be going on at a very inopportune time because of everything that we're going through in the world. So, again, what we say ultimately doesn't matter (laughs) because we're not involved. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything turns out. And I think that's where we all are ultimately, that we just kind of want to see, like, what happens Uh, And how things get renegotiated later on. So let's talk about another Disney film now. Because I had an opportunity to watch Jungle Cruise. You know, the world premiere happened last week at Disneyland. Had an opportunity to watch it. Uh, Did everybody see it? Am I the only one? We saw it. We saw it. Larry, we couldn't convince you to watch it? I'm right. I'm remember. Oh, I that's right. I was supposed to, we yeah. were supposed to tell Larry how this he liked it. This is the negotiation. Here we this go. Is yeah. Convince Larry to watch the Jungle Cruise. This is the segment right. of the show. Okay. Uh, anybody want to start? Because I'm. An, I can try to convince Larry with a simple phrase. Go ahead. Do it. You go ahead. I always. Oh my God! Go watch it. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Tension getter. Uh, Elevator pitch is started. It was yeah. good. It was good. It was. It was. There's some stuff, you know, with any movie um, that has its weird moments, um, especially when, um, you know, it seems like they're trying too hard in some parts where it's like, okay, we're trying to be Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing. But overall, it was fun. It was silly. It was ridiculous. But I thoroughly enjoyed watching the whole film. So I think I'm on the other side of the river (laughs) on this. I mean, I liked it. I liked it. It's not Cruella. It's not Pirates. It's a different story. Um, there were some parts that kind of stretched a little bit. So I was kind of wondering what was going to happen. Because it was kind of like, okay, that could have happened like two minutes ago. But the story... I mean, it's it's fun, and it does have the spirit of the Jungle Cruise in it. Um, 
The only thing is my little complaint is I didn't understand Emily Blunt's character for a little bit because if they were going for a strong, you know, a strong-minded female, which is great, but they made her really stubborn. Yeah. And I'm stubborn, but there's a level of like, hey, that's a lot of stubbornness. It's got to kind of come down a little bit, but... <laughs> but it is a ride like it's it'll take you like it's kind of weird it's like if you were to if you have been on the jungle cruise then you can imagine these stories happening as you're going through it so there you go <laughs> it's a little yeah. jungle cruise it's a little indiana jones it's a little yeah. Pirates of the caribbean it's a little this a little that um uh, Emily Blunt, she played the character of Pants, right? That was her name, Pants, yeah. in yeah. the movie. Or she, yeah. named, or she played Pants. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. That was her character's name, was Pants. <laughs> I think you guys nailed it with that description, right? The pirates, indie, you know, uh, like all those Jungle Cruise, like they're all there. Uh, I'm sticking to the, you got to watch it, that I said at the beginning. <laughs> because, uh, you know, Mel made a lot of really great points. That if you're familiar with the Jungle Cruise if you go into this film expecting it to be exactly like the attraction, you are going to be sorely disappointed because although it has elements of the attraction, it has the puns that the skippers say it has uh, a lot of the gags, like, uh, like on the attraction, there's a big branch with like a boa constrictor, right? Like there's certain visual things that happen on the jungle cruise on the attraction that happen in the film. And they're, they're very literal and they're, they're there to, uh, bring you in. And to be honest with you, a lot of them happen in the first third of the movie. And the reason they happen in the first third of the movie is because they want to bring you in and give you that comfort zone that you're familiar with when it comes to the attraction. So that when you go into the second and third part of the film, like the, the second and third acts of it, you're already in the storyline. They give you just enough of the attraction in the first act that you become enticing. You're like, okay, I'm on for this ride now. I'm here for this, right? The story itself, I remember when we were talking about um, that uh, Ronald D. Moore was in talks with Disney about creating a show for Disney Plus about the SEA. And I was super excited about this, right? Because I thought, oh my God, Jungle Cruise is going to be the introduction of Dr. Albert Falls into this like MCU-like version of SEA, and we're getting this on Disney Plus, right? Like I <laughs> like, it was crazy how happy I was. And the more that I found out about the film, the more that I realized that that was not going to be a possibility. After watching it. I can tell you that it is not directly geared towards that, but it's open enough that it can be used for that. So you get, if like, you evil, expect... you get evil C, evil, evil society uh, <laughs> in this film. Well, well not evil, yeah. but not not cool as as you know the one we know and love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. There are inklings of it throughout the film. They even reference Albert Falls in the movie. Like mm -hmm. he's like mm -hmm. referenced in packages and uh, in like artifacts that are seen as part of, you know, the storyline. And 
it gives you that sense of, oh my God, this is really going to bring us into this universe. The story itself, if, if you listen to our episodes on the SEA, we talked a little bit about Dr. Albert Falls and his story and how he falls into the lore of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. This story in particular takes elements of that story and then adds this whole other story that kind of incorporates something that we've already seen in Pirates of the Caribbean and we've kind of already seen in Indiana Jones in something that they're searching for in the film and what the whole premise revolves around, right? I think they do a really good job of telling that story. Uh, I think that if you go in without the bias of this has to be exactly like the attraction, you'll enjoy the film. I think it's very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I probably enjoyed it three times more than I was expecting to enjoy it, you know, because I, I know I was kind of on the fence about it, too. You know, and like we even said, like, we don't know how much money this is going to make. Like, we don't even know if it's good. Right. I, mm -hmm. I, I would watch it again. Like, that's how much I enjoyed it. Like, it's not like I saw it and I'm done with it. Like, I would totally go watch this again. So uh, it, as you're watching it throughout the film, you are going to see elements. Like when we talked about um, one of the expeditions that uh, Dr. Albert Falls was on, you know, one of the jokes on the attraction is that, you know, there's the sunken Cambodian temple, you know, to, known to some skippers as the Sher Lee Temple. You know, stuff like that. Like, these visual yeah. representations of the attraction are there, and you instantly connect with it. Like, if you were faltering at any point, like, you see another visual connection, you're like, I'm here for this. I Like, yes, I'm, I'm back in the story again. They took some creative... Um, they made some creative choices with some of the characters. Uh, the story that they told, I think, was engaging enough that if you could get past some of the shortcomings of some of the characters, like super enjoyable. Jack Whitehall's character, one of the best parts of the film. Like he's so <laughs> enjoyable to watch. He's so funny. There's a murder cat in it. Uh, <laughs> once you watch it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. Should you pay the $30 for it? If you're on the fence, I would wait. I think you're going to enjoy it even if it comes out on Disney+. Plus. But if you like adventure films and you just are looking for something to do, date night or something, and you don't have anywhere to go or, or do with you know your significant other or your family, pay the 30 bucks, pop some popcorn, watch The Jungle Book. You're not going to regret it. I think it's a good enough film that the you're Jungle going to Cruise. enjoy it. Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jungle Book. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just pay somebody thirty dollars, and then the right? book. Pay free somebody. Yeah. Plus. Pay Bagheera. <laughs> pay Bagheera. There you pay, go. Pay Trader <laughs> Sam. Whoever you want. Pay Baloo. I don't care. Any one you of them. Two or will three. Give you. Yeah. <laughs> Is, now, are, are there two or three versions of the Jungle Book on Disney Plus right now? I know like the 17. original and the, yeah. Okay, seventeen yeah. versions. There are like seventeen of them. So. Anyway, but, yeah, it was good. So we saw it in the theaters again, and we immediately said, oh, we wish we'd watch this at home because we want to watch it again. Um, oh. Because there were so many, like, little Easter eggs and little things that I wish I could pause the movie and, like, look at that. Um, we'll have to do, once Larry watches it, we'll have to do a, a in-depth something on this because I think there's a lot to explore in this yeah. film, Easter egg-wise. And also you have to take in consideration all the other Jungle Cruise attractions around the world, too, mm -hmm. that they could have pulled from. I mean, in Walt Disney World, you go inside a temple, 
Um, and then there's, you know, there's a big fireball, I think, in one of the other ones. And there's all kinds of different stuff in each of these different Jungle Cruises that they could have pulled from. So it's not just the Disneyland version that even though that's the one we know really well and we love, there's also all these other ones that they could have pulled from uh, to to add to this film. Great point. So if any of you out there have had an opportunity to watch uh, the Jungle Cruise, not Jungle Book, the Jungle Cruise <laughs> You know, join the conversation over on Instagram or on Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the film. Uh, you know, if you haven't paid for it, I don't know if our conversation has convinced you. But again, if you're on the fence about it, maybe just wait. If you're up for, you know, an evening, you don't have anything to do, you want, like I said, you want to do date night, want to do something with your kids, pop some popcorn, order some pizza or something, and watch The Jungle Cruise. I, I think it's a fun enough film that you'll enjoy it enough that you won't be like, ah, I spent $30 on this. How dare you? I, I don't think you'd be mad. It's not like, it's, you know, you didn't pay. This is not like a Haunted Mansion movie. This isn't, you know, Indiana Jones 4. This is, you know, even <laughs> though I like <laughs> even though I like both of those movies for different reasons, this is better than I think you're giving you're not giving it enough credit, Hazen. I think I think it's worth the $30, especially if you're by yourself might might be a little a uh, little much, but if you have one other person to watch it with or two, then yeah, go ahead and pay it cuz I think it's I think it's worth the money. There you go. There's my opinion. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll watch it again, and I'll see if I can upgrade. It. <laughs> like if I if I was giving it on a scale of one to ten, I would probably Ooh, give it. I like this. I don't know seven and a half. What are we rating on Jungle Cruise boats? How about that? I mean, I would. I, that's about Jungle right for Cruise me too. Boats? I mean, it wasn't the perfect movie. Not. I mean, but rarely every movie is the perfect oh, movie. Money. But I think it was fun, and I Hippo was thoroughly entertained. Clips? <laughs> oh, the hippos were there, man. All that yeah. hippo was part well, of the Well, that's the rating system. How many hippo ears? How many oh, hippo how many ears? ears? Yeah, seven, ears? seven and a half hippo ears. Oh, no. Poor hippo. <laughs> what happened? Uh, one's like, uh, one's, the... one's like uh, who is that? Uh, P- Picasso. Who cut off his ear? Uh, no, Monet. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. One of those, one of those uh, <laughs> artists. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, again, if you have any thoughts on the Jungle Cruise, we'd love to hear them. Join the conversation over on Instagram or Discord, and let's continue talking about it there. And maybe even let's throw this out there. If I mean, we've already seen Pirates. We've already seen Haunted Mansion. We've now seen Jungle Cruise. What attraction do you want to see next as a film? You know, if you had all the power and Disney said, hey, here's a billion dollars. Go make the next attraction film. Which attraction do you want to see as a film next? You know, join the conversation. We'll uh, put up a poll and then we'll talk about the results in next week's episode because I'm I'm curious as to see what people would want to see next. Uh, anybody want to throw their their thoughts into this one? Because I know what I want to see next. Turkey leg. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> the movie. Leg. The Matterhorn movie. would be fun. Matterhorn would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I would, I would love a like a shrunken Ned movie, um, <laughs> or yeah, like or a Sala series on Disney Plus or something like that. that. But, but those are not really attractions as more characters that I am very fond of. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm still pulling for a new haunted mansion. I love, 
it's coming. They they announced a new. They announced a casting. Until it's real, it's you know what I mean. They announced it's like the ride right now. Slowly, we'll talk speaking of behind the attraction. There's probably like so many hands in the pot. They can't get this thing off the ground. But they got Tiffany Haddish, and uh, I don't remember who else. That's the one I remember. You know what? I would think we need to bring the rating system. Yeah, go ahead. On movies, (laughs) and we should bring a rating system in. Let's create one, and then we'll start implementing it on future episodes. Ooh. Yeah, I let's should. put a pin in that one, too. Boop. Uh, I would <laughs> want to see a Big Thunder film. I yeah. think Big Thunder Mountain, you know, Rainbow Ridge, bring back all the characters, maybe bring in Jason Chandler and do an, a, like a proper introduction to the SEA. I mean, he is one of the key components to all of the characters, you know, kind of that that started off the wave that we're all currently aware of. Like, what a better way to start off that series, right? Like, we already have a basis Mm -hmm. for it. When Marvel did Disney Kingdoms, they did a Big Thunder, like, comic book, like a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. They did one for Tiki Room. They did one for the Museum of the Weird. They did one for Haunted Mansion. Like, maybe let's implement the Disney Kingdoms, you know, and, and let's go from there. Tony yeah. Baxter's not busy right now. He's not doing anything. He can <laughs> oh. be Barnabas T. Bullion. He, you know. I think so. You in, I think so. Are you and oh. Tony, like, Ke- Hazen and Kev? Kind of? <laughs> I, I mean, look. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I, yeah I, I'll call Tony. Okay. I ha- I'll have, yeah, Do I'll it. call Tony. We'll, we'll get him on the, the Big Thunder Mountain film. Or as I like to call Series him, the of stash. films. This yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that would be great. You know, uh, it, it's funny because at Disney World on the Jungle Cruise, maybe a month or so ago on the crates that they have in the queue, all of a sudden they started saying like uh, High Tower Enterprises and a couple of them had the SEA emblem painted on the side mm-hmm. of them. But then in a few weeks, all that stuff disappeared. Like, none of those things are there anymore. Um, I think that they ended up removing them because they didn't want people to associate the new film with the SEA. Because, like I said, we have inklings of it, but I think adding the elements of the SEA so close to the release of the film, I think it would have given people false hope that it was going to be tied to it. And maybe it still is at some point, but, you know, they're trying to you know, throw us off the scent and give us just enough that, you know, it, it keeps it fresh in our mind. But I think that they took it all off because they didn't want people to associate the two and just let it live uh, as its own thing. But who knows? Or they were hiding projectors under those things as a play test and then they were done testing it and then they took everything away. Dun, dun, because dun. crates are just the right size to hide a projector. That's very <laughs> true. Very true. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and now we've come to the part of the podcast that you've all been waiting for. Drone it's crates. It's time to choose your Counting. Your Quick. friend and host, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so after months of speculation, the Disney company has finally given us some information on what the evolution of the annual pass program is going to look like. Uh, as you know, earlier this year, Disney made the decision of 
to cancel all of the annual plans as they existed, breaking the hearts of hundreds of thousands of Disney fans simultaneously. You know, they went on and they renamed it the Legacy Pass because, you know, a Legacy Annual Pass holder because they wanted to give people discounts and allow them to shop for stuff. And, you know, it was great for a while, but I think everybody was waiting to see what we were going to get next. There was a lot of speculation about how much it was possibly going to be because we had seen a lot of different price hikes over the years and the trend. I think people felt that we were going to be over the $2,000 mark for the highest tier. Uh, Really early on, I think we started speculating that because of the flex pass, we felt that it was going to all be flex pass, especially considering that when once we were in the pandemic, the reservation system seemed to be really working for them to try to control the crowds. And what better way to control the crowds than by forcing everyone to make a reservation? Lo and behold, earlier today, the magic key was uh, announced. Uh, I think the greatest comparison that I saw was the graphic that Andrew sent all of us where each key was represented by a keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. I don't agree that the Imagine Key is Sora's Keyblade, but whatever. I mean, I guess <laughs> if you're starting off at the bottom, it's the most basic Keyblade, so I, I guess it makes sense if you want to get technical about it, but whatever. Four different keys to choose from, no longer called Annual Passes, the Imagine Key, Enchant Key, Believe Key, and Dream Key. Uh, when you guys all saw this, what were your initial thoughts of this new key system that Disney has put forth? Monthly payments are back. <laughs> I think that was the biggest shock to see that we were going to get that option again, considering we're, some of us, were pay- all of us actually, we all pay full, you know, full price uh, for tickets. And I thought we were going to have to take out you know half our bank (laughs) account for a pass but i'm actually surprised i'm actually really surprised pleasantly pleasantly surprised because um we're that much closer to getting a pass again yeah um who's gonna call it magic key i don't think anybody that's not required to call it magic key (laughs) is going to call it magic key because everybody has been calling it annual pass since yep. what 1987 <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. So everybody's gonna call this an annual pass, um, <laughs> even though it's magic key. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of I understand why they did it because it's a whole different program. But the the names the, here are there for me. But the offerings are like M- Melissa said, uh, pleasantly surprised that the price isn't ridiculous. Um, yeah, the flex, you know, the reservation system is not ideal for everyone, but it's, I think it's the best of both worlds to get to where the parks aren't overly crowded because that's, I mean, everybody remembers you'd go there in some days, like on a Sunday and when the SoCal passes were unblocked, like it was just a madhouse. And this is a way that they can control how many pass holders get in versus how many day ticket people get in versus, you know, how many park hopper ticket people get in and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think it's going to be 
better for us in the long run. Like I've said before, our wait time is going to be down because they can um, restrict who can come on which days, how many people can come, and etc. So that um, our our experience overall is better. Yeah. Initial thought. I'll keep it just as this. I went, hmm. Just what Andrew said. I go, magic key. Okay, I've got to stop saying <laughs> annual pass. That's I've been still doing that. Right. <laughs> and then I just looked at a couple of things, and I was like, yeah, this isn't the same. I shouldn't have expected that. I don't know what I was thinking. It's different. And I, I was, I'm very, uh, it's kind of like the Jungle Cruise, I guess, again. I'm hesitant to... What we've been seeing as trends previously from what Disney is offering, I'm hesitant to be like, I was satisfied. Let's just put it like that. I was satisfied to be like, there's the monthly payments again. That's awesome. That's back. Thank goodness. But I wasn't ready to like jump. I'll explain that later when we get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you all bring up some really great points. Uh, I think initially I'm kind of with you, Larry. There are some things that make you really hesitant at, at initial glance, right? Because uh, when you break them down, the the prices are very comparable to what the last set of annual passes were. Uh, there's not a huge jump, which is very, very surprising for me. The lowest one, however, the Imagine Key, is only available for Southern California residents. And everything from the Enchant up is available for anyone. They're not restricting it to California. They're opening it up to everyone. This one, uh, this does not list what the Premier Key or Premier Pass or any of that uh, would entail. I know that there was a lot of people that park hop between Florida and Anaheim that had a Premier Pass because it allowed you into uh, the parks on both coasts. There's no mention of that here and I know that uh, Disney World is scheduling to bring back their new program for annual passes really soon. So I'm sure that once that is revealed, we'll have more information on what's going to be available if you tend to park hop between the two coasts. Uh, as far as what's available, uh, let's break down the Southern California one first. Uh, it's $399. And $19 a month after $179 down payment. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're all um, uh, available as a monthly payment plan after the initial $179, which is approximately the equivalent of a one-day uh, park hopper, I think, uh, on a, a like second tier, I think is what it is, because we're still on the tiered system ticket-wise. Uh, I'd have to go yeah. back and look at the tickets, but uh, I feel it's kind of like the mid tier because over two hundred, I think, is the 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 highest tier. Tier five, it. the highest yeah. tier, yeah. Um, they're all reservation based uh, on admission to one or both theme parks, uh, up to two park reservation holds at a time, ten percent off merchandise, ten percent off food and beverage. This is really similar to what we saw when Costco was doing the SoCal passes uh, or even when Disney did the SoCal pass for a little while. It's about the same price. And look, honestly, the monthly payments, I think we were all surprised to see them back. But I think Disney understands from a business sense, getting a monthly payment from people to not come as often as they were coming before and possibly coming once or twice a year, but still getting $20 a month from them is huge for the company, right? When mm-hmm. everybody had annual yep. passes, 
that's the big difference now, right? When we had them before, we could go whenever we wanted. We can't do that anymore. Like now we have to make a reservation. So the next key is the enchant key. Uh, this one's six forty nine, forty dollar monthly payments, up to four park reservation holds at a time, ten percent off merchandise, food and beverage. The belief key nine forty nine, sixty five dollars a month after the initial payment, up to six park reservation holds at a time, ten percent off merchandise, food and beverage, and fifty percent off theme park parking. The dream key, which is the highest one that you can purchase, is $13.99, $102 a month uh, after the initial $179. You can hold up to six park reservation holds at a time. You get 20% off merchandise, select merchandise, 15% off food and beverage, and theme park parking is included. And then the s- fifth key is the monk key. And that happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't get an opportunity to get the pricing for the annual passes that we had before. Uh, Andrew, did I think you mentioned that you had the list, right? I have it at the ready. Yeah. So, um, and we'll talk about blockout dates later because all those all those different levels have many different blockout dates. Um, but yeah, the SoCal Select Flex, uh, the SoCal Select Pass previously was four nineteen. And just a comparison, the flex pass that um, used to exist was six forty nine, so that's kind of like you're in between. So uh, four nineteen for SoCal, and Imagine, which is the low SoCal pass now, is three ninety nine, so a twenty dollar difference. Um, a deluxe pass was eight twenty nine, comparable to the Enchant pass, which is six forty nine. So that's a good, you know. A two hundred and twenty dollar difference there. Um, it's now the Enchant Pass is similar to it is exact same price as the Flex Pass was, but I believe the Enchant Pass has more availability than the Flex Pass did because I think the Flex Pass was mostly weekdays with very few weekends, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, then the Signature Pass, which I think was the one most of us had was uh 12 or 11.99 and that included parking and that included the 15 and 20 percent off food and that one was the you know we only had the two weeks at the end of the year blocked out and then the signature plus was uh 14.49 um and that's uh and the dream pass the highest one is 13.99 so that's a 50 dollar difference and the oh i'm sorry the signature uh pass uh compared to the believe is a difference of um two fifty. Yeah, two hundred and fifty dollar difference. So that one but you also get there's more blackout days in the uh believe pass than the signature was. Uh so yeah. Those those are the, the pricing breakdown. Because the signature was essentially considered the uh, come at any time except for the last two weeks of December pass. And then Signature yep, Plus save, gave you yeah. all of them, regardless of when you yeah, went. Yeah, you saved 300 so, bucks or whatever for the, yeah. And, yeah. Had and usually class. that time of year was super packed anyway. So, you know, if mm-hmm. there was really something going on, you could still pay for a single day and you would still it would still come out cheaper than paying the additional $300 for the additional two weeks. Yeah. 
Um, uh, the the fact that parking is only included on the on the highest one, the dream key, I think is a little odd, especially the fact that they didn't give us an opportunity or they haven't mentioned the opportunity of adding things a la carte, right? Like I would like to add mm-hmm. parking if I had maybe, I don't know, the enchant, right? Which is like 649, add parking and maybe photo pass to it. You know, I remember that when when that first became a thing, you could tack it on for an extra 10 bucks and then you had photo pass for the day. You know, so I think yeah. things like that would still be really valuable, uh, especially if you intend on trying to max out the amount of reservations that you can get throughout the year. Uh, let's talk blackout dates, because that's going to play a huge role in what I think people end up selecting as their next annual pass. I'm sorry. Magic <laughs> key. I know it's going to take a while for <laughs> us to get used to it. Just like Galaxy's I know Andrew kind of went on was saying <laughs> kept saying pass, right? I think. Yep. Pass. I was like, well, I was talking about the old passes, so that's Oh, yeah, but, but you're like Enchanted Pass. Enchanted you know? like, <laughs> Pass. Yeah, it, yeah, I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> fast every Fast Pass, Max Pass, everything's pass. It's going to it's going to take a while to not be ingrained that in key. the pass. Now it's like reservation and magic key and yeah, it's it's going to be hard to change your vernacular for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so let's go to blackout dates. Andrew, uh, I know you have some information on the blackout dates. Um, what do you have for us? Um, yeah, so dream key, no blackout dates. There's that was easy peasy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the easiest one. No blackout dates. You can get the six reservations, um, and I believe they're up to ninety days in advance. All these reservations you could book up to ninety days in advance. The Believe Key, it's a good chunk. This is the next one down from from the Dream. You get every Saturday but one in October is blocked out. Um, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday of Thanksgiving is blocked out. Um, every Saturday in December plus the last two weeks of the year um, and the first two days of January. And then President's Day weekend uh, looks like the 19th and 20th of February. Um, the 19th and 26th of March, um, spring break week, which is the 9th through the 17th plus the, of April, plus the 2nd of April, and then Memorial Day weekend, the 28th and 29th, um, and then in uh, of May, sorry, June is completely open, surprisingly, and July, every Saturday in July, plus the, the 4th of July weekend is uh, completely blocked out, and then August and September are completely open. So that is the um, Believe Key. It's the Enchant Key. You're getting... Uh, first weekend in September is blocked out. Uh, all weekend, all Saturday and Sundays in October are blocked out. Um, all Saturdays in November, plus thanks the whole week uh, surrounding Thanksgiving. December, um, all weekends, plus the last two weeks of the year. Uh, first week of January. The 15th, 16th, 17th of January. Uh... 19th, 2021 of February, uh, three Saturdays in March, um, all Saturdays in April, plus um, spring break, all Saturdays in May, plus Memorial Day, or yeah, Memorial Day, um, almost the entirety of June, save a week, uh, the entirety of July, first two weeks of August, and uh, one weekend in September. So that's the blockout days for Enchant Key. And then I'm not going to do this for Imagine Key, but it's basically you get Monday through Thursday um, and then a few select Fridays for the Imagine Key 
that's it's basically a weekday pass no weekends at all like there's like six fridays or something like that so if you're looking at the dream key the dream key has zero blockout dates if you're looking at the belief key overall there are 48 blockout dates throughout the year the enchant key has 151 blockout dates and then the imagine key has 235 blockout dates and hold on i got another thing that i saw in the fine print i was reading fine print and the, this could mean nothing this could mean a lot of things it says <clears throat> i will read from the thing pass types are limited in quantity and passes may no longer be available to purchase and or renewal at any time so this might I, this might mean something. It might mean nothing. It could be, you know, the SoCal pass, they only have X amount. And then the highest pass, they'll have unlimited amount or something like that. But that was in the fine print of the uh, website. So something to kind of be aware of. Yeah. I mean, always read the fine print, right? That's a really important detail. Uh, I think as far as when they launch it. So it, it's funny because they have all of these incentives that are tied to it. If you become a member within the first 66 days of the launch of this brand new program, uh, apparently Disneyland is planning uh, to have like a, a special premium branded pin, a celebratory button, magnet, and like just this package that you get as part of becoming what they're calling a charter yeah. member of, of this new program. Plus, they're going to have limited time experiences at the Starcade in Tomorrowland, similar like they did for AP days, you know, before. Um, I, I know that there's going to be like no show policies that are in effect the same way that they have for Flex Plan and, you know, making sure that you keep your reservations. Because if you don't keep your reservation, obviously it's preventing somebody else from coming into the park and making the company money. So uh, there will be ramifications if you don't keep your scheduled dates. Uh, obviously, you can work something out or cancel if, you know, you have an emergency. Uh, that's something you got to work out with Disney. But the not available thing was an interesting uh, piece of information because it, I'm, I'm wondering if what they're going to do is they'll limit it to maybe like if, if you think about how many people were annual pass holders Maybe they'll do mm -hmm. an eighth of that to start off. Those will be charter. And then they'll see how it works out and how they can move around with reservations. And as COVID restrictions get lifted even further and we're able to open the parks a little bit more, maybe they'll open it to another eighth. So make it a quarter of what the annual pass holders used to be before. Uh, and then they'll kind of juggle that around for a year or two and see how well they're maneuvering with that amount of passes. And then maybe they'll open it to roughly half. And then maybe that's where they're going to cap it because they'll realize that the amount of people that are coming into the parks on reservation days are not allowing ticketed people to come in or ticketed guests to come into the park as frequently as they would want to. It makes sense to a certain extent because one of the biggest complaints was that as annual pass holders, we were always in the park. And so we would hinder the experience for ourselves, honestly, and for guests that were mm -hmm. coming from out of town or on vacation, whatever the case was. I, I was trying to figure out exactly where we kind of stand with tickets right now, right? So if you got uh, a one-person um, 
just one park hopper for a single person for two days, you're looking at about two hundred dollars or a two two thirty five. I think is what the cost of the ticket is. What tier is that? Uh, I want to say. Let me. I thought I had a my notes here. Give me just a second so I can bring them up. Well, and I mean they do have that deal going on right now too for uh, California, California residents, residents which Does is. Does it three... matter if they're park hoppers? Like what tier it is? It just doesn't it just kick in once you make. Um, that's what I don't remember. I uh, I. That's a good question. I thought park hoppers still had a tier, but that might just be day ticket, and I'm getting everything confused. But yeah, that I'd... that um. That pass that it's three hundred and four dollars for a three day park hopper or something like that for California residents. So that's a that's their deal right now. Yeah. So I won't even go into the deal packages right now, right? I just want to stick to like yeah, that single yeah. day or just general park hoppers. So if we went with uh, a five day, t- I'm sorry, a two day ticket. If you went for mm-hmm. one park for one day for one adult, it's two hundred and thirty five dollars. That's the max you're going to pay for a ticket at this moment, right? So at at approximately $1,400, you would have to go to the park around six times in one year in order to break even on that pass. And this is usually how we broke it down, right? Like we were paying X amount of dollars and we would figure out like how many times a year do I have to go in order to make this feasible for me? And I know for mm-hmm. damn sure that we went way more than six times in one year. So we, you know, we more than got our money's worth out of those passes. So theoretically, yeah. if you went once every couple of months, if you can get a reservation once every couple of months on the Dream Key, which has zero blockout dates, by the way, you're still getting a fairly decent deal, right? Excluding the fact that you don't have some of the other perks and, you know, you have to make the reservations and everything. You can't just show up whenever you want to. It's not as spontaneous as it used to be. It's still not a horrible deal, right? It's very, very similar to what we used to have before. The ability of possibly not being able to get one of these, I think, I think is what's scary for me. Yeah. I know for a fact that I want an annual pass. But I also know that I'm not ready to start going back to the parks with any type of frequency that I used to go back to the park, like that I used to go to the parks, you know, prior to the pandemic. Give it a few months. Let's see where we stand. Let's see where this new Delta variant is and everything. And then, yeah, of course, you know, let's start scheduling some more Disney days. But in the meantime, I feel like if I don't jump on this, I'm going to lose out on it. Is it a scare tactic to try to get as many people to sign up as possible so that now they have this huge lump revenue stream coming in that they didn't have before again? Because I'm sure that they noticed that not having people on annual pass payments was a huge dip in revenue. So is this just a scare tactic to get a huge revenue stream in again? Or are they truly going to limit it? That's the scary Mm -hmm. thing. You know, so... We're trying to figure out where we are because we have to buy four of these, right? It's like my wife and both our kids and myself. So it's not one or two passes. Like we have to get four, you know, so we have to figure out how are we going to do it? When is most convenient? There's obviously going to be times of the year that are going to be, you know, harder for us to go because the kids are going to be in school. And depending on the pass that we get, Weekends aren't even going to be available, so why would we get one that only the weekdays are available if we can't go because the kids can't go, you know? So there's a lot of options to weigh out 
especially when you're on a reservation system. Uh, as far as what you think you're going to get or if you're considering any one of them, where do you each fall right now? And I'm, I'm curious to hear Larry's thoughts at the end about where he kind of stands because I know he was kind of faltering on it. Ooh, um, I'm probably the worst person to go first. Um, I kind of see myself getting back into getting one of these keys. Um, I mean, it's just because my situation's different. It'll just be one for now, but but I'm not gonna rush it. I'm not gonna be on the on you know a browser the twenty fifth. I can't. <laughs> I will not be at home, so <laughs> I can't do that. But I'm going to keep an eye out and see what happens. I think the wording and the way that everyone's excited for everything, that created FOMO. That totally did. And I think the hype is doing that. But it's also the fact that we're seeing it here already. I'm kind of itching to go back, but... The situation, it's, it's, we don't know what's happening right now with, you know, health and everything. So I'm kind of waiting and, you know, they said 66 days. So I'm going to see what those 66 days, you know, what happens, how things go. And I'll say it right now, if they sell out, fine, because if I were to get it right now, I don't see myself going back until maybe October. So I wouldn't even use it for a month. So there's a lot to really consider with this, but I would say check back within 66 days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of in a different boat. I am excited to buy this as soon as possible. So um, I'm probably going to be on the 25th, hopefully trying to get this. Um, it's a toss-up for me between the dream and believe. Um, I Tina and I got talking a little bit about it today. Um, we're leaning towards the dream just because of the the, the how many Saturdays are blocked out, so and funny. because Sorry. we yeah. because we have to you know we make the trip down and we work during the week, so you know you need the, the Saturday is kind of the 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 big day. Um, but like you said, Hazen, it's if you go six days. Um, then you basically and plus that parking too, that $25 parking. If you add that up over six days, you know, there's 150 bucks right there. So there's yep. another savings there, Sa savings in quotes. Um, but, you know, that's that's three three trips in a year, which was something that we did regularly. Um, three trips, you know, with two days, maybe three days. Um, so <clears throat> that I've. I think, you know, we're going to we'll definitely get one of these if we can get our hands on them. Um, and another thing to bring up, too, is the spontaneity thing. We don't know what this is going to look like. The first couple months might be a madhouse, um, but we'll be able in theory, if reservations aren't full for the day of, you can say, oh, there's a still reservations available. I want to go to Disneyland. Boop put your reservation in and go that day. So it, we don't know what it's going to look like, but I have a feeling that that might end up being something that is possible. Um, maybe it won't, it probably won't happen very often, but it might be something that is possible for 
uh, more spontaneity, but not as much as we were used to. So, yeah. but yeah, we'll be um, we'll be getting to all thanks to monthly payments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and there's also the added uh, complexity of trying to get a reservation at whatever restaurant you want to go to, and you know if you're heading down for something special for an anniversary. You want to make sure that whatever restaurant you plan on going to also has the availability along with park availability when you're going. Yeah. Also, something we didn't bring up, too, is the park hopping uh, thing that they put on here is park hopping. <clears throat> currently, it's 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 basically the same as it is right now where you park hop after one uh, subject to change, blah, 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 blah. You pick a starting park. And if you have the pass, you don't have to pick both parks i don't if the wording's kind of weird on it so it's it's kind of hard to figure out but park hopping is you can't do it immediately it's after one or earlier or later depending on how late those parks are open and i'm not sure with the if if you can park hop 100 percent of the time or like if a bunch of day ticket people make all their reservations for disneyland and you start your day in california adventure and it's just full up and you can't get in um That'll be an interesting thing to see. Um, I don't think we've seen too much of that being an issue currently um, with the tickets. I haven't heard of anybody not being able to get into um, either DCA or Disneyland, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think that's definitely a cap thing right now because we don't have the crowds that we are expecting to see once uh, it opens up a little bit more. But maybe they're taking that into consideration. Uh, I do think, though, um, sorry, Larry, before you before you give us your thoughts, uh, I do think that, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I feel that if you're a, a, a key holder, I think they're going to give uh, more priority to day ticket holders, you know, regardless yeah. of what's going on, because to them, the day ticket holders are the ones that are making more money for them, regardless of whether mm -hmm. or not you're buying concessions or merchandise or whatever the case is. So I do think that when it comes to, like you said, park hopping and stuff, I think the priority is going to always be for the day holders so, or for the day ticket holders. 100%, yeah. Uh, Larry, you know, where do you stand on all of this? Well, I'll kind of just continue where I left off. I went, hmm. <laughs> the <laughs> first thing after I said, hmm, was I clicked uh, to the link to get to the key section where it's not just the Disney Park blog. And it's kind of where we've been reading off the Dream King, the Bleep Key, and then I got to the blackout dates because I was in the mindset of comparing this to what it was before, and I need to let that go. And I wonder if any other Disney annual pass holders were like that because I really need to let it go. Because if you compare it to what, like Andrew mentioned before, Signature was what the pass I had, which is gone. It's a forget. It's forgotten. If you try to compare it to Believe. Just off the bat, the parking's gone. That's 50%. If you look at it numbers-wise, people are like, well, they dropped the price of the overall ticket. Well, if you go at least 12 times, you're only really breaking about $100 because you're getting 50% off of parking, and then they might raise parking. You never know that right either. So there's that too and because they're not saying anything in regards to that. So that, that was my first initial problem. And then the blackout dates, like we've been mentioning, comparing it to Believe Key and Signature that used to be, you just can't compare them. There was only two, like you mentioned, Hayes, and there was only like really 10 days you couldn't go on the signature pass. And this one, there's a lot more days. And it's not mentioned, we've just been talking about we're, re we're reserving to go. 
Uh, so I'm, which funny is Melissa, you asked Melissa to go first. And I feel like right after that, you know, I had a conversation with Rebecca after she read it, my wife, and we both came on the same point, like the, that 66 day thing. Like, what is this? Is this trying to get people the FOMO to get them to fill in? Cause I'm on the f- f- part of to wait because I want to see how this plays out in right now. Let's just put it, you know, apples, apples, the park's only open till 10 still. So you can't go like you used to go to 11 or 12. So you're losing out on that. Not everything's still available quite yet. They haven't got everything up to full operating. So that that runs to what you're saying, Hazen. They're running out of you know the revenue they used to have to get people back to get to full operation. They need to pick that up somewhere during this time when kids go back to school. Maybe this is their pitch. And my biggest fear with this whole thing, um, the key system, which I want to trust Disney in this, is the res- reservation system itself. I really don't like the idea that I have to wait till 1 p.m. to hop. I didn't have to do that before. And now I have to wonder, like, I, I know they're saying these days are available, but when you log in right now, just think of it as a regular ticket to the Disney reservation system, you see what's available. What's your tier of your ticket? What if there's some logarithm we don't even know about that's built into these keys of what tier you have? For example, let's say, you know, they give out as many keys like that. What we read earlier doesn't really apply. That's to get people to buy as many keys as they can, right? But when these people log in with the enchanted key, they see a different amount of availability than the believe key because the believe key gets a little bit more allotment to get in on that day all the enchanted key people already filled it up does that make sense like the reservation that they were giving to keep this ratio comfortable and see i want to see i don't want to be too much of the guinea pig on this especially like i just mentioned that that it's still not fully operational i mean we don't and i hate to do this because it's more about safety right but there's still no shows we don't have shows quite yet and you know and that, that that's a big one for me like i like to see live entertainment and i also that was a big thing for me at disneyland i also like to see world of color phantasmic those things gotta roll back in for me so that already gives me that kind of hesitancy hesitancy to be okay let's see how the reservation system works for each of these keys and get a little more feedback because i technically got 66 days and i'm still one of the originator keys right yeah and that's if they don't run out, right? Because we don't know how they're going to handle that. So True. like Mel said, True. there is, I mean, you both made a great point that there is some merit in waiting to see how everything goes and trying to get it as late in the game as possible. <clears throat> but then what type of game is this going to be with so many people itching to get back into the park as quickly as possible I imagine the first day or two is going to be a nightmare trying to get one of these things, you know? And I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, with all the reservations that they've had for Oogie Boogie Bash and for anything that Disney has had ticketed, you know, the first day or two of these events, like they're kind of a nightmare. You see it all over Twitter. You see it on Instagram and it, it's a difficult thing to manage when a handful Uh, In comparison, right? I'm using handful very loosely here, Uh, but a handful of Disney fans want to go to this particular event versus the dozen handfuls of Disney fans that are going to want to get one of these keys when it first becomes available so that they can be back in the park as soon as they can. Again, I don't know exactly where we fall on this. 
right now because we do have to think about getting four we do have to think about you know when are we going to be able to go if the kids are in school if we go too far down on the ladder then we're not going to have any weekends available so we can't do that we have to have something high enough that we have the flexibility to go on weekends but then how many weekends are available and are they even feasible for us to go when they're available so so many things to think about i think we're going to continue discussing it to see where we land on it i don't think i can i mean if if I had the money to just say, like, all right, whatever, we're just going to get all four of the dream, then, obviously. yeah, you know, great. Obviously, yeah. we get that. We don't get That's... blockout dates, and then we can go whenever, right? But at the same time, do we really need parking on all four passes? Like, why was there not a dream key without parking available? My kids don't drive. They're children. Why do they need parking on their dream <laughs> key? You know what I mean? So that's one of the things that, kind of bugs me about how they just presented all of them without offering certain things a la carte i get it if it's not available for all of them but if they said hey dream key holders have uh the ability to purchase parking outright for the year or to add it to their plan none of the other ones do but you get 50 percent off parking you get 10 percent off whatever the cases are for each one right but if you're at a high enough tier my kids don't need parking like you see what i mean like it it's an added mm -hmm. expense that we definitely don't need to have so a lot of things to talk about uh, i'm interested to hear what everyone thinks about these keys and how you see yourself using it how how where do you even stand on getting one of these are you going to jump on it as soon as possible are you going to wait to see how it goes uh, join the conversation over on Instagram, or we'd love to see you over on Discord. We'd love for you to join the family there. Again, podcateers.com slash 372. If you haven't uh, become a member yet, just click on the Discord link. Within a few seconds, you'll be added to the server, and you'll be part of the community. You can uh, converse with all of us there. Members of the FGP squad also have a specific section dedicated to them on the Discord server. So uh, if you're interested in becoming a part of the FGP squad, again, podcateers.com slash FGP. You'll find the link and information there. You'll get access to link it to your Discord account and have special access to that area as well. Uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap up this conversation? I'm just going to say, I need I need to say something right, right at the end since we're going to close this out. Um, I just want to shout out to my buddy Carlos. He just started listening, and uh, I just want to tell him thanks for listening. All the, Everybody that tuned in to listen when I started, jo you know, joined up, I just want to say thanks for uh, for listening and sticking in uh, by everybody that's uh, come by. I've had such a, you know, good time joining Podcateers, and I'm excited to be here for the long haul. But I just want to shout out everybody that uh, started listening because I'm on a thing. So that that was that was going through my head. So and that's it for before the end. <laughs> awesome, man. Aww. Well, Carlos, <laughs> shout out to you. Shout out to everyone that's joined the Podcateers family uh, following Andrew to listen to him on, on this thing that we do on a weekly basis. Hopefully you get to geek out as much as we do uh, and you get to hang with us. We hope you enjoy it and we hope you come back for more. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. I think I want to see the backside of water. <laughs> <laughs>